Please stand by. We'll be streaming live. Good morning. My name is David Nutter. It's my privilege to be uh, sharing with Rick Bompton Ministries this morning, a teaching beginning with Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you and praise you and give you thanks for today. Father, we thank you that you speak to us through your word. We plead the precious blood of Jesus before you. Today we ask for your mercy and grace in our lives. We pray for your truth to prevail. You know every need of every person that's listening to these words this morning. So fill my mouth with your words and speak to every heart need um, that it would accomplish your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. It's been a great uh, season for me, challenging season for all of us, but a great season. I've had a wonderful season of God uh, speaking to me through His Word. He promises to do that. He has fresh bread for us every day, and His Word is bread. Jesus said, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when we pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Certainly that refers to Cheerios and all the rest of it for sure. But the daily bread is the word of God. The daily bread, the children's bread, is God's healing promises, his provision promises. Everything contained in this word is God's daily bread. And he has a daily word for each one of us. And I always encourage people, uh, you know, if you haven't read the Word uh, in the last day, don't eat another physical meal until you find a little time to read some Scripture, even if it's just a verse, even if it's just a, a chapter. Ask God to speak to you. I've had a wonderful season of God confirming His Word. As I've read His Word, He's confirmed it in uh, the last couple months. It's been a glorious time. And uh, the presence of the Lord has just come in, and I needed it. I had gone through a difficult, challenging time personally, and I'm thankful for that. And it just so encourages our heart that we are already a part of His eternal purposes, working His eternal purposes here and now in this world, His kingdom coming in these days in and around us as we move faithfully by His Spirit. So turn with me, if you would, to Jeremiah 1. I've been reading First and Second Kings uh, in this season, and God's been doing a great work there. And I encourage you, as you read First and Second Kings, to mix in some of the prophets with it, because it fits with First and Second Kings. All those prophets were ministering during various times of the kings, and their word spoke to the needs of that day. And it's an eternal word that speaks to the needs of our day. There's nothing new under the sun, truly. Praise God. So let's take a look at the book of Jeremiah, beginning at chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, I'm using the New American Standard Version here. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest who are in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Anathoth is just down the road from Jerusalem, uh, Benjamin area was just north of Jerusalem. And so Jeremiah is from the priestly line, and he's being uh, prepared to be a priest, no doubt. But he's a young guy, maybe he's about 21 here, something like that. And I think priests took their office when they were 30. 
uh, who were of the priests, his father Hilkiah of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. In the kings, second kings, were told that Josiah, the last good king, became king at eight, eight years old and ruled thirty-one years in the uh, mid-500s B.C., and uh, so in his 13th year, he was 24 years old. And so King Josiah was just coming into, excuse me, uh, uh, in his 13th year, he was 21 years old, uh, 13 and 8, uh, yeah, 21. So just coming into his maturity. And I think Jeremiah probably was a contemporary of Josiah. And so he received a word in Josiah's day, and it also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. And if you go back, as I did this morning, and add up all those years, uh, it ends up being a 40-year ministry for Jeremiah. He began probably about 21 and then uh, uh, his ministry definitely increased in the days of these latter kings before the fall of Jerusalem. Uh, by then he was a mi- middle-aged man growing into older age. So, uh, you know, there was a 25-year period or so, uh, a 16-year period of Josiah, where Josiah listened to the words of Jeremiah and other prophets and had revival. There was a great revival under Josiah as he restored and got rid of the high places and the false worship and the foreign gods. But then following Josiah, none of Josiah's three sons who occupied the throne or his grandson Jeconiah, none of them uh, obeyed the Lord. And so they were all called bad kings. And that was uh, about a 22-year period that picked up maybe when uh, Jeremiah was about 40 years old and continued till he was about 60 or 61 uh, when he was carted off to Egypt. So that's the period of his ministry. And his message is a message of repentance, but in it is mixed in the mercy of grace. It's always good to remember that Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations too, has the great chapter 3 where the Lord's mercies are new every morning. How great is the Lord's faithfulness. Jeremiah could declare that even when he saw Jerusalem totally destroyed, that the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Let us not forget that. So picking up at verse 4 of Jeremiah chapter 1, Now the word of of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you, oh hallelujah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I wonder if that's true just about Jeremiah or I wonder if it's true about you and me too. It's true about all of us. God had each one of us in mind before he even formed the world. And Psalm 139 says each one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a perfect plan for each one of our lives that we all engage imperfectly and some none at all. But he takes the time to prepare a plan for every human being he created as a plan of goodness and blessing, a a plan where uh, His kingdom blessings flow through us into other lives. And it's a a fantastic uh, 
Uh, search for gold. We are always on a search to find God's purposes for us each day. So we should never be bored, although we all sometimes can be. We should never de- be depressed, although all of us sometimes can be, uh, because God's got good things for us. And depression and boredom are from the evil one. And it does relate often to my lack of diligence uh, that I'm not engaging with what God really wants me doing expectantly, full of hope. That's what He wants. And as I have learned more and more to do that, I have way fewer moments of depression, way fewer moments of a sense of meaninglessness, um, uh, just a lot less of that because it's a spirit. And God is able to bring that childlike spirit to us at any moment where we're excited about the day before us and the good works that He's prepared before the foundation of the world. We can be excited about wanting to fulfill our calling. Now, the Word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Hallelujah. I just can't help but read that verse say, Hallelujah. Say hallelujah with me. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I've appointed you a prophet to the nations. Amen to that. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I'm a youth. Again, probably about 21 years old, about the same age as Josiah. Uh, You know, if you're a younger person, it's easy to think, wow, I can't do this. But even in old age, uh, in older age, we get called to new things and it's a shift. And we think, I don't know if I can do this. And uh, wow, praise God. He wants us to keep moving forward. He's always transforming. He's always renewing. We're being transformed, it says, Uh, Paul says, from image to image, glory to glory. But Paul said, not that I've already obtained it or become perfect, but I'm pressing on. Amen. Let's press on today in the transformation that God's working in each of our lives as we move from glory to glory as he transforms the ministry in us and through us every day. Uh, But the Lord said to me, verse 7, do not say I'm a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. It's not Jeremiah speaking anyhow. It's the Lord who created everything. And if we're speaking the Lord's words, uh, it doesn't matter how young we are, how old we are, or how in between we are. Praise God. If we are speaking faithfully the word the Lord gives us to speak in every moment, in every situation, uh, there's no stopping. God's purpose is being accomplished through us. You may feel like, well, I I don't know what ministry I have. You have the ministry right in front of you. Everyone's not called to to be a leader of a ministry like Rick Bonfim, but we all have a ministry from the Lord to fulfill. And part of that can be coming alongside someone like Pastor Rick, who has a definite leadership gift, and come under and you can find that you can thrive under Pastor Rick and many others like him who God calls and anoints to lead the flock. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Verse 8, do not be afraid of them. Who's the them? Well, there was great opposition to God's message in Jeremiah's day. But I will tell you, if you study history, even current and recent history of the U.S. going back 200 years, there's always, always, always opposition to God's message, even in a nation like the USA that is founded as a Christian nation. There's always been opposition from the beginning and there always will be. That's the world we live in, and it's a, a battle. And we are uh, wrestling not against flesh and blood, uh, but against the demonic forces uh, that are in charge of this world system. 
uh, ruled by Satan, but Jesus, of course, is King of kings, Lord of lords. He created everything in heaven and in earth, the book of Colossians says, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers and authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. Praise God for that. And we know at the cross that the Father disarmed all the rulers and authorities. Uh, have you made a public display of them? Hallelujah. Glory. He, he disarmed them by the blood of Christ at the cross. He made a public display of them like a conquering Roman Empire would bring the defeated kings and rulers uh, and tramp them through this street. And ha- praise God, Satan's kingdom has been disarmed by the blood of Christ, by the power of the cross, and has no authority over this, over us as we minister in the Lord. Verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. There's nothing like being on mission for God. That's the place to be. Then the Lord stretched out His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. How was Jeremiah going to do that? Was he going to be the general of an army or something? No, it was going to be by the word he spoke. Praise God. The Father created all things by His Word. He upholds all things by the Word of His power, it says in the book of Hebrews. Praise God for that. This Word is powerful if we apply faith to it, if we apply obedience to it, as we speak it out into our lives and the lives of others. It has the power to break down Satan's kingdom, to build up. We're planting kingdom seed. Remember Jesus' model prayer, Father, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does He want us just focus on, hey, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and so I'm just going to hide in my house? No, He wants us bringing the kingdom we've received in our heart, that kingdom seed of the Holy Spirit, into this world right now and ministering the kingdom into other lives to break down and destroy Satan's kingdom and power and bondage over people's lives. Hallelujah. The Word of the Lord came to... I'll tell you what, Susan and I were over in Augusta uh, this weekend. As an example, we went to see our, our nephews getting married and had a great time with him and his uh, fiancée bride, praise God. And uh, afterwards, Susan and I went to lunch at a local place there in Augusta we were familiar with. It. Susan was born and raised in Augusta. And as we were going in, a homeless man, clearly homeless, came up to us, but he was also clearly sober. And uh, I won't say his name. I remember his name. He was a sweet, sweet man. And uh, I could see that life had trampled him. And he, he asked for money, food. And I will tell you, I um, usually don't carry cash at this point. I've gone through seasons where I purposely carry cash, but I just haven't been doing that lately. And, you know, use a credit card and pay it off at the end of the month. But uh, that morning, God had told me to put a $20 bill in, in my wallet with me. And uh, I knew that was the moment right then. And so, uh, you know, sometimes you can buy someone a meal. You sometimes can be concerned about what a homeless person will do. But I didn't feel any leading to do that. I uh, spoke to the man. I said, well, here, I'm going to give this to you, and then it's up to you what you're going to do with it before the Lord. And I asked him if he knew Jesus. And as often I find with uh, people in homelessness, he said, yes, he knew Jesus and uh, he was a professing Christian. And so I uh, gave him the money, and then I asked if Susan and I could pray for him. And he said yes. And Susan just reached out her hand, 
and held his hand, uh, his right hand and her left hand. And I put my right hand on his shoulder and uh, began praying. And uh, the prayer I received from the Lord was something along these lines. Uh, oh, Lord, I use his name. It's so important to use people's names if you can remember. I used to be very poor at remembering people's names. And God said, that's because you're selfish. Like, ouch. And then I asked the Lord to help me start learning to remember people's names. And I've become pretty good at it. And uh, it's from the Lord. So don't accept, no matter what age you are, that you can't remember names or you just can't remember stuff. I reject that in the name of Jesus. My youth being renewed is an eagle and I have a good memory. So I was praying this man's name. I won't use it on this recording. And the prayer that came to me was, uh, Heavenly Father, uh, and he had told me that he slept at the uh, Salvation Army. Because I said, do you have a, a bed to sleep? And he said, I sleep at the Salvation Army. Praise God for the Salvation Army and the good works they've been doing since uh, Mr. Booth uh, all those years ago. And he was a good, solid Methodist that got out there uh, ministering to the need. Praise God, uh, 150 years ago or more. And I said, Heavenly Father, uh, I pray for this man here. Use his name. And God, I pray that you uh, would protect him from uh, oppressors, people that would steal this money from him, try to steal it. Lord, that, uh, it, that you protect him and keep him and, and watch over him. God, I pray that you would keep him from temptation, that you would strengthen him to be able to resist temptation in his life. And I looked down at him, and rivers of tears were flowing down his cheeks. The Holy Spirit knew exactly what his heart was, and I believe I prayed his very heart. He wanted to be uh, uh, protected from the people that had trampled him in his life, and he wanted that strength of the Lord to be able to resist the temptations with, that he had struggled with in his life. And we finished the prayer, and we both, Susan and I both gave him a hug, and I'm confident I'll see that man in heaven one day. And it was a blessing to Susan and me to be able to uh, have the, just the clearest sense the Lord was giving through us. Praise God. Uh, and so we have that authority within us to break down and destroy the, uh, the devil's kingdom. Oh, but to build and to plant. Oh, to build and to plant as we got to do this Saturday. I tell you, it made my day. I went over there, uh, Susan and I, to minister to our nephew, and we did, and his young bride, but boy... We got ministered to when we got to minister to that man in need outside the restaurant. Hallelujah. And uh, I yearn to live that way every day, don't you? That's what he calls you. So, Lord, you prepared good works for us, just like Jeremiah before the foundation of the world. Open our eyes today, oh, Lord, my God, that we would see the good works you prepared for us so we would uh, walk in them, as Pastor Rick often says, and I, I quote him from it. I don't want to be a shuffleboard Christian. I don't want to find myself, I'm turning 61 this year, someday just playing shuffleboard and uh, getting by. I don't want to be just getting by. I want to be accomplishing the works. And when the works are finished, let's go. Let's get to, to, to uh, glory with the Lord once we finish our race. I, I don't need to linger here when the Lord has completed the works in me. Amen. Lord, give us willing spirits today to do your will. I encourage you to pray these things. As you read the Word, don't just read it, pray it. Give thanks to God for His Word. I thank You, Lord, that through us You want to pluck up and to break down. Thank You, Lord. You want to destroy and to overthrow Satan's kingdom working through us. We thank You, Lord. We praise You and give You thanks for Your goodness. You want to build 
and to plan through us. We pray for that man that Susan and I got to minister to on Saturday. I pray, God, you bless his life. Encourage him. Strengthen him. Show him the good works you prepared for him. Protect him and keep him. Watch over him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Verse 11. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not a Hebrew student, uh, but those who are tell me that, uh, that this is a play on the Hebrew, that what do you see? I see a rod of an almond tree. Uh, you've seen well, for I'm rotting my word. The word for rod, a stick from a tree, also in the Hebrew is to watch over. Glory to God in the highest. It's God's word. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so, His Word doesn't return to Him void without accomplishing what He pleases, without prospering in the thing whereunto He sent it. Oh, so, Lord my God, we thank You for Your mighty, mighty Word. And You've given us the privilege to know Your Word, to speak Your Word. Hallelujah. Uh, The Word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they will come, and they will set each one of his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all its walls round about, and against all the cities of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and offered sacrifices to other gods, and worship the works of their own hands. Oh, Lord, my God. Lord, if we're worshiping other gods in any other in any way, Lord, would you convict our hearts of that today? Show us the little foxes that spoil the vine and the hidden snares of the fowler, O oh Lord. Lord, if we're worshiping the works of our hands, show us, Lord, and uh, give us the courage to set it down. Now, gird up your loins, verse 17, and arise and speak to them all which I command you. Do not be dismayed before them, or or I will dismay you before them. There's the fear of the Lord. That We don't want to displease the Lord and get out from under His blessing. We want to fulfill our calling even if it's dangerous as it was for Jeremiah and the Apostle Paul. Uh, the only safe place to be is where the Lord wants us to be. Verse 18, and here's God's promise. Now behold, I have made you today as a fortified city and as a pillar of iron and as walls of bronze against the whole land to the kings of Judah, to its princes, to its priests and to the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Now listen, terrible things happened to Jeremiah. He got thrown into the bottom of a well, a dry well, and was in muck down there, and they left him in there for a day. He was in prison. He was His life was threatened multiple times. But God protected him to fulfill his calling. These are dangerous days we're living in. It becomes more and more dangerous for Christians in this world, but the only place for each of us to be is where God wants us to be. And then He, we become a fortified city. We become a pillar of iron. Uh, we have walls of bronze that uh, protect us against the whole land uh, and against all the evil. I do want you to notice He has His word. He's watching over His word. He gave Jeremiah strong words. And uh, then right here it also says, uh, I pronounce my judgments concerning their wickedness. And uh, as we get into it, we'll see he promises to destroy Jerusalem, just as had been prophesied to Hezekiah back some years before that, 50 years before, or something like that. I hear often in the church 
um, that, hey, my God's good. People have misrepresented God. He's not an angry God. Well, you read the book of Jeremiah, sometimes he is. Sometimes he is. And it's a mistake to say that. Uh, the question is a matter of timing. And uh, God is both a righteous, holy God and a loving God, a merciful God, a compassionate God, an angry God. The mystery is great. Uh, but let's not put God into our own little theological box. Let's just let his word speak. Because Jesus would be dismayed to hear that God is not a God of wrath. Why? Because he, he experienced the fullness of God's wrath on the cross. I think Jesus would say, I'm shocked. You're saying he's not a God of wrath. What do you think happened to me on the cross? Do you think I was just crucified? No, I received the full wrath of God on your behalf. Jesus knows more about the wrath of the Father than any human being who ever existed. He willingly took the wrath so that you and I don't have to. He received it. What took place at the cross? The love of God, the wrath of God, the sinfulness of man were all in full display. The mercy of God, the goodness of God. It's an it's a amazing paradox, the fullness of the cross. And we see right here that God released His judgment. He promised to on Jerusalem, but we also see the promise of His goodness. If you look at the city of Jerusalem today and the Temple Mount, the very place where Abraham had sacrificed Isaac and God had provided the substitute thousands of years ago, and then just outside the city wall where that prophetic event of Abraham and Isaac was fulfilled at the cross, we can look and see what God thinks of our rebellion against Him. Is, is the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem just a, a word to the Jewish people? No, it's to all of us. It, the message is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, not even one. If His very chosen people have come short, why the law? It's our tutor to lead us to Christ, to the very cross where Jesus, hanging on the cross, says of His uh, those who crucified Him, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. I was, when I was saved, a, a Methodist pastor prayed over me and uh, my friend, and uh, clearly we both received an anointing to teach the Word of God. Hallelujah. And uh, throughout my life as a Christian, these uh, nearly 28 years, I guess, uh, I've had invitations to teach. I haven't had to seek them out. They've been given to me. But a few years ago, uh, there was a, a shift and my friend, Pastor Frankie Lovett, prayed over me one day. He had quite a prophetic anointing that he said, You're, you have a, a, a prophet's anointing. So what did I do? I immediately got a business card and put Prophet Dave on it. No, I'm kidding. And there's nothing wrong with having a ministry card. But uh, by and large, the revival we're going to see in these days is a rank-and-file revival. And he's raising up... Uh, Prophets in the midst of us, evangelists in the midst of us, those with a pastor's calling in the midst of us to minister that in the highways and byways in the workplace uh, in the name of Jesus. And so I meditated on that, but I did begin to see an increase in what I would say is a prophetic anointing where I just saw in events in my life as I read the Word. I'd always been very interested in the prophecies. Uh, things would jump off the page. I had an increase in visions and dreams and um, so I saw that. And then I had three other pastors in short order pray the same thing, prophesy the same thing over me, including one day Pastor Rick Bonfim, Uh the same thing. 
and I've seen that uh, arise, and I give thanks for that. Well, my friend Pastor uh, uh, Frankie Lovett went to be with the Lord in February. Uh, it's been a difficult season. He had been healed of uh, cancer 10 years ago or so, had a recurrence. He had everyone praying for healing for the cancer, and he was healed. Uh, doctors treated him, and he was healed. Praise God for that. Uh, then, strangely, we don't really know why, he suddenly had hemorrhages and went to be with the Lord. And uh, I was at a Wednesday morning group last Wednesday. They often go to men's group. And his uh, widow and his adult son were sharing. Uh, interestingly, I'd read the book of Jeremiah just a few months ago. and um, But the day before, in reading about these latter kings, the Lord led me to read uh, some of the middle chapters of Jeremiah about these kings. So 21, 22, 23 chapters of Jeremiah. I just read those. And I got the strongest sense that the Lord wanted me to read Jeremiah start to finish again, starting the next day, Wednesday morning. And uh, so that Wednesday morning I got up and I read Jeremiah chapter 1 and then went on to some of the other devotional reading. I'm always in the New Testament as well. And other, I always start with the Psalms every day. And so I read other things, but I read Jeremiah 1. And uh, then when I got to the Wednesday men's meeting, and Vivica Lovett got up to share about her 41 years of marriage to Pastor Frankie and the ups and downs and perseverance and his calling as a prophet, she began her time of sharing with the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. And she read verses 4. 5 and 6, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. <clears throat> the Lord was speaking to me. He was speaking to Vivica Lovett. And I was asked to pray for her at the end of the meeting. And I prayed that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. She will fulfill the calling that she and her husband we're brought together to minister. She will complete that ministry. And the Lord was speaking to me that He has things yet for me to be doing. And He has things yet for all of you who are listening to these words to be doing. He has a call on your life that He formed before the foundation of the world. And He says, get up and begin fulfilling it. Keep seeking me and you will find me. If you will seek me, seek me with all your heart. Father, we praise you for this word. We thank you that you have a good plan for each of our lives. We want to find it. We do want to fulfill it. So strengthen us, encourage us, anoint us to accomplish your good purposes in this world, your kingdom purposes this day, this week, this month, this year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.